יג One of the difficult talking I'm talking particularly from the man's perspective, from the, the male perspective, one of the difficult adjustments for a man to make after his wedding, and he has to make it immediately. Right after the chuppah, he's got to make this adjustment, is that the woman he's with now, after chuppah and kiddushin, is not the same girl he was dating. There's a, there, there's a change in being, there's a change in essence of the woman. This is not the same person. And, and we'll learn in the sugya some of what, of what that means. And, and a man is, sometimes continues along the trajectory that he was dating, particularly in those relationships where there's a long dating period, and then they get married and they kind of carry on living as if nothing's changed. But everything changes. At the time of, of Chuppe and Kiddushin. And a lot of the marital difficulties during the first couple of years are the man's difficulty in recalibrating and adjusting to the fact that he has a wife at the moment. I was going to say, and not a girlfriend, but we said the other day there's no such thing as a, as a girlfriend, but not a fiance. doesn't have a color anymore, doesn't have a, a fiance anymore. He has a, uh, he has a wife, and, and a wife is a completely different Bria. She's a completely different being. So much so that in the Gomorrah, what we're going to be looking at is how enduring is this husband-wife connection. So on the one, on the one level, there's, there's a legal agreement between the two of them. There's a marriage, there's a marital agreement. Clearly, that marital agreement is made for the lifetime of the marriage. Should the marriage be terminated by a get or by the death of either party, the agreement is over. That's clear. Yeah. But there's a whole lot more happening other than the legal arrangement between the two. Uh, as we know, firstly, there's an emotional connection. There's a physical connection we've been learning about. Vayula basar echad. Okay, so maybe the emotional connection at the end of the marriage, whether by get or by, or by death, the emotional connection falls apart. Maybe the physical connection falls apart. They're no longer living together. But we know there's more than that. There's a cosmic connection. There's a metaphysical connection. There's a, an ashomadika connection. Something changes. As we've said, the woman's not the same woman. The girl you take home after the chuppah kiddushin is not the girl you were dating. This is a different Briah. She's a different being. Uh, does that just change? What, does she become back to who she used to be? Uh, with, with a get or with, or with the termination of, of the marriage, uh, with, with the termination of life, with the end of life, if a man dies. We'll see from the Gomorrah, it's not such a simple assumption for the Gomorrah that if a man dies, the marriage is over. We, we kind of take that for granted. In the uh, non-Jewish tradition, say, for example, the Catholic tradition, it's clear that if a man dies, the, ma the marriage is over. It's not clear that if there's a divorce, the marriage is over. The Catholic tradition doesn't recognize divorce. We recognize divorce, but we have to see where from, from the post the territory tells us, and, and then if it doesn't work out, we've been learning in the whole of Masech Tegitin. But in the case of, of death, there, in, in every tradition, it's obvious that death and the marriage is over. Maybe not in some of the Hindu traditions where the, the woman commits suicide after the death of the husband. But, but what's, what is the Torah's view? So the Gemara asks, on our Mishnah it says, We've learned how a man acquires a woman, how a man invests in a woman. But how can a woman recover her independence after that investment has taken place? Two ways, says the Mishnah. Either using a get, which is the whole of Masech, the Gitin that we learned and we discussed in our first year on Kiddushin, why Gitin comes before Kiddushin, why you've actually got to understand how complex the separation is in order to understand understand how deep the connection is.
And if the connection is so deep, how can she extricate herself from that deep connection? One way is through a get, and the other way is if the husband dies. Ask the Gemara Bishlam, I get, I understand a get. Why does a get work? It, you would think, well, logically, if you got into an agreement to get married, you can get into agreement to terminate the marriage like any other agreement. Well, that would be true if, a, if Kiddushin was nothing but an agreement. But we've just said Kiddushin's a whole lot more than that. So how do we know a get worked? If it weren't for the Pasuk in the Torah, if Hashem didn't tell us specifically there is a mechanism by which to divorce a wife, we would not assume that that is a possibility. The reason we know that get works, says our Gemara, is because Katav But how do we know that death works? There seems to be an assumption in the Gemara that if we don't have a posuk, if we don't have a clear injunction in the Torah that says that death terminates a marriage, we wouldn't know that death terminates a marriage. How can that be? Would we really not have thought yes? Because we're saying legally death terminates a marriage. Emotionally, maybe death terminates a marriage. Physically, for sure, death terminates a marriage. But metaphysically, in terms of, of the spiritual meaning of a marriage, Maybe death doesn't turn. Maybe the soul. We talk about soulmates. If they're soulmates, then only the body of the man died. I suppose one has to be a little careful using that term soulmate. If you say, my darling, you are my soulmate, maybe that means, and after 120 years when I die, we're still soulmates. You, you can't marry anybody else. Or do we say, no, this is not soulmates, but uh, the, whatever mates you are, that kind of ends with death. Where do we know it from? Where do we know from? that even the death of the husband can terminate a marriage. So the Gemara attempts to answer, and it's logical. He created the connection, so by dying, he terminates the connection, which is an interesting idea, as we're going to see in Rabbi Chon and Vassaman, an idea that Rabbi Shimon Shkop develops, which is that it's an ongoing investment. It's not that you give a woman a, a ring under the chuppah and now you're done. It's an ongoing investment, a daily investment. Who asra? And by investing in his wife daily, he makes her forbidden to anybody else, and then he stops investing. He dies. So at that point, who shouts out? At that point, she's, she becomes she becomes muterit. So it's it's logic. It says the Gemara, no, you can't use that logic. So I thought of that, but you can't use that logic. Ha arayot who creates the forbidden arayot? For example, a man marries a woman. From that moment, she's forbidden to the man's brothers, other than the case of Yibun. And if he dies and, and he has children, she's still forbidden to the, to the brothers. That doesn't go away. So you see that death doesn't fully terminate the change in status that came over the woman under the chuppah that even after death, something continues. So you can't just say, well, he created it, so when he dies, it's gone. Something remains. We know that something remains. How much remains is what we're looking at. Does the, does the Isur, Eshet Ish, still remain? Is she still forbidden to anybody? Is she allowed to remarry? Really important question. The Gemara goes backwards and forwards trying to prove it. Eventually, the Apostle says, we learn it from an obscure place. If a man has married, has become betrothed to a woman and he's not yet married her and there's a war and he's called up to the army, he gets a tour from the army in case he'll die in the war and then somebody else will marry his wife and that's a terrible thought for him to get going into, into war with. So you see, another man is allowed to marry his widow. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a problem to fear. That's where we know from 
from that an eshet ish is mitat that a woman may remarry after the death of the husband. So something terminates with the death. The Tosfus Reed says, uh, we've discussed that there are many different Tosfus. We've got the Tosfus on our, on our page, and then there were lots of Rishonim. We have the Tosfus the, the that various different Rishonim wrote, which are, which are the notes of the Shiurim when they taught the Gemara, and we said Tosfus is about zooming out, looking at it from a broader perspective, and, and we have their notes. The Tosfus is one of those important Bale Tosfus that we have. He's of the Italian school that we discussed the other day, but he learned in the German school. And uh, and he says, no, we, of course we know that a woman's allowed to remarry after her husband's death. That's not what the Gemara is talking about. We know that from Tanakh. There were lots of cases. David Amelech married the wife of, of Naval, the widow of Naval. Uh, we, we've got lots of cases of men marrying widows. That's not the issue. The issue is that wouldn't be allowed if there weren't a posuk in the Torah. So there must be a posuk in the Torah. We're searching for a posuk. It's not that we're trying to re- reestablish the law. The law is clearly after the husband dies, he, she can remarry. question is, where does it say so in the Torah? That's what the Tosfus Reed says. But from Tosfus, it's clear that that's not the case. Tosfus holds, our Tosfus holds, that if we didn't have this posuk, that, that Penya Mutpe if we didn't have this posuk specifically allowing a woman to remarry after the death of the husband, the assumption would be she's not allowed to remarry. And Tosfus says the only reason we've got specific isurim in the cases of Arayot, all the other forbidden relationships are specifically forbidden after the death of the husband as, as well. Why does the Torah have to tell us that? Because, that, says Tosfus, if nothing would have been said anywhere, we wouldn't need the Torah to tell us that. We would know that death does not terminate the relationship between a man and his wife. And all the Yisurim still apply. Once we have a posuk that says she's allowed to remarry, now the question is, what about the husband's brothers and all the other arayot, all the other forbidden relationships during the life of the marriage? Do they perpetuate or do they terminate? So there are some that terminate, for example... After a wife dies, a man could marry, Midorais, a man could marry the wife's sister, although during a lifetime he can't. But the other way around, a woman can't marry her husband, her late husband's brother, even after the death. So Tosfus says, if it weren't that we were told specifically that a woman may remarry a stranger, another person, if we didn't know that, then we wouldn't need specific Isurim for Arayot, Mita for after death. We would know that they all perpetuate forever. Uh, so you see that according to Tosfus, the assumption is that marriage is for life, that mar- not just for life, that marriage is for the life of the woman, that even if the man dies, the connection continues. That's how deep that connection is, that death doesn't end it, other than because we have the posuk of penyamut b'milchama yikachena. Why does that work, how, and, and how does that work? So there's a very classical Rebbe Chonon, and in the source sheets I've brought you the entire piece of Rebbe Chonon Vassam. Rebbe Chonon Vassam died in 1941 during the, uh, the Holocaust. Uh, he, he was murdered brutally by the Nazis together with his community, his Talmidim. They were hiding in Kovna at the, at the time. We've spoken about it before, Rebbe Chonon gave a major shiur at the fort in Kovna where they were about to be shot. He held up the shooting while he talked to his community about how to be, how to die al Kiddush Hashem. And he said, we are the korbanot. We are sacrifices. And through the korban that Am Yisrael is bringing in us, there will be a major change in the well-being of Am Yisrael after this is all over. 
We are the korban. To facilitate that change, we have to be the korban. If we're the korban, we've got to be careful that there's no pigul. And pigul means that a bad thought in the mind of the person doing the korban, of the coin, is shechting the korban, or sometimes the owner, can destroy the validity of the korban. If we're all korban not, let's be careful that there's nothing in our mind that could make the korban in, in, invalid, because that would be a terrible waste of life. We would be giving our lives, and we wouldn't be the korban tahor that we need to be. And he taught them what they need to have in their mind, the purity of mind that they needed uh, before they went to their death. Just imagine what a, what a human being can be, who a human being can, can be, a malach Hashem tzvokos, an angel of, of, of Hashem, Rebbechom and Vassaman. And he learned... Uh, from Reb Shimon Shkop, he learned from Reb Chaim Briske, he learned from, the, he was a Talmud of the Chofetz Chaim, he was a Chavrus of the Ponevizhero for a short period of time in Raden, in the, in, the, uh, in the yeshiva of the Chofetz Chaim. But he learned the, the principle from his Rebbe, from, from Reb Shimon Shkop, and, and he explains that there are two things that take place at the wedding. There is a Kinyan, there is an investment that takes place that creates this relationship between man and, man and wife. And that investment has certain implications. But there's also an issue that, that, is, that is created. She becomes an eshet ish. And the question is, the Kenyan is an ongoing flow of energy from husband to wife throughout the lifetime of the marriage. He's investing her in her every day. And that daily investment in his wife is what keeps that connection flourishing, what keeps that connection healthy. When he dies, that connection stops. So the Kenyan aspect of the marriage clearly ends when he dies. That's not what the Gemara is talking about. The question is, does, is the Isur piece, this that she's forbidden to anybody else, that she changes her halachic status from being a Pnuya, a woman who's available, to being a woman who is an Eshet Ish, a different being, as we said, after the chuppah, an Eshet Ish is a different being, she's now an Isha, she's a wife, she's no longer a girl or a woman, she's an Eshet Ish, she's, she's his wife. Is that an outcome of the Kinyan, of this investment? In which case, when the investment stops, the, the Isra also stops. Is the reason that she's forbidden to everybody else is because he's investing in her. Is it an ownership thing? Or do we say, no, they're two separate things, as we've discussed before. Hareat Makudeshitli, Tzvesvis on Dafbez, means I'm, it's as if I'm being Makdishu, it's as if I'm dedicating you to me. And in that dedication, there's exclusivity and there's Isur. It's like making Hektish. It's like saying this object will be, belong to the Beit HaMikdash. Now, if you do that, if you were to say this object will belong to the Beit HaMikdash, you can't undo that with a get. You can't change your mind the next week and, and undo it and say, okay, I'm taking it back. And even death doesn't undo it. Once you've made it hectic, that's it. You've created an Isur. The Isur is an Isur Olami, as Rebbe Khanan says. So that's the question here. The Kenyan, I understand, stops after, after death. But where does the Isur come from? Does the Isur come from the Kinyan, in which case it also stops after death? Or is this a separate thing, that he initiates a change of status in the woman that can't be undone, even by the death of the man? The Gemara comes to the conclusion, death, normally it wouldn't be. We wouldn't just assume that the death undoes that piece. I understand that death understands that investment relationship. She's no longer my wife. 
But is she still an Eshet Ish? Is she still, does she still have the din of an Eshet Ish? And the Gemara comes to the conclusion that death is like a get. Isha kona et atzma. It's an action. It's not just something passive that he stops investing and all of a sudden the tap gets turned off and the investment stops. Yes, there is that happening. But that doesn't affect the, the halachic status, the Isu status. What death is in addition to that, death is like a get. It's a termination. It's an active termination of that of that whole package which created the Eshetish. And that then and that then ends it. And so it's important for us to understand in our relationship with our wives, for us to educate our children in their relationship with, with their wives, and for us to be be aware of, of what this really means, that there are two elements of that relationship. But the first thing is to be aware that the a man the, the woman we are married to is not the woman we dated. We dated a, a girl or a young woman and we married to a wife. And a wife and a girl or a young woman or a friend or a fiancé, not the same being. There is, a, there is a change, there's an emotional change, there's a spiritual change, there's a legal change, there's a physical change. Not the same being. And that's part of the dinim of tzniyut that govern a married woman. The idea of covering hair. Part of that is that is her, she's not the same person, so she presents herself in a different way. The world needs to see that she's not the same person. Uh, she needs to make a statement, and even though not all traditions have, have the hair covering, although many do, many of the ancient traditions, it's fairly modern that married women don't cover their hair in the non-Jewish world, never mind in the Jewish world. But always there's a ring, there's something that a married woman has to tell the world, I'm not that same person anymore. Uh, I'm a married woman. It's, it, 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 it's, it's different. So the one thing is for us to understand that there is a change in status, there's an elevation of status. There are a whole lot of new sets of halachot that belong to a, a married woman. And we've often said that the number of halachot that govern an object or a person or time or a place, determine the level of Kedushah, of that, of that. So as a woman becomes married, a whole new set of halachot are applied to her. That means a whole set, new set of Kedushah. Her sanctity is elevated. She's a, there's a whole lot of sanctity there that, that applies more so to her than to him because there are more new halachot that apply to her than, that, than apply to him. And he needs to know that the woman he's now married to is a woman who's on a much higher level, on a much higher status than the woman he was dating. Traditionally, ordinarily, the opposite takes the place. The man treats the girl very well when he still has to try and persuade her to marry him. Once they're married, the, his attentiveness starts deteriorating. So to be the, the opposite, your honor, the, the way you honor a wife has to be a million times more than the way you treated your, your girlfriend or your fiance. This is an Eshetish, this is your wife, this is a completely different being. That's the first thing we need to understand. And the second thing we need to understand is that as Reb Shimon and Reb Chonon Vassaman explain, that relationship of Hareyat Bukudeshet leave. Uh, the, the, I'm investing in you and thereby dedicating you to me. That's not a once-off statement under the chuppah. That's a daily recommitment. And we discussed in Gittin that part of the gift of Gittin, the fact that a man can divorce a woman unilaterally, gives the woman the security that the man in the marriage is there by choice. He could walk out. He could divorce her. If he's there, he's there by choice. But with that choice needs to come a daily recommitment. I'm invested in you. You are my wife. You are my wife again today. You were my wife yesterday and you are my wife again today. And you will be my wife again tomorrow. And I will invest in you each day in the same way and I will honor you and, and treat you with the dignity and the honor that you deserve 
each day that we are together, not only in, and, until death, but in a sense, even after that, if it were not for the posuk of, of uh, the, our relationship would continue. But as it happens, death allows you to remarry. But until that time, you are mine and I'm totally committed to honoring you and to investing in you. Thank you.